Welcome back, everybody, to our sixth episode of Everything Clemson Sports. Jeff Browder, I'm your host. Glad to be back. Missed last week due to some complications going on at work. But I am back for another week. This week, we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about the national media, the disrespect that's going on towards Clemson. going to discuss the Heisman and um, why it doesn't matter to Clemson and why it's a good thing that it doesn't matter to Clemson whether they win a Heisman or not. Then we're going to go over our predictions for the week. A lot of good games. I ended up with 21 predictions this week for college football. And they're in all of these games, one way or another, interest me. This weekend is going to be a fun weekend of um, changing that channel over and over to watch different college football games. So, Let's go ahead and get, let's get started. First, we, we had the offseason where Clemson had to defend winning the national championship by 28 points against a team many called the greatest of all time. So that was it was a long offseason. The craziest offseason I've ever heard. I've never heard of a team win a national championship and have to defend defeating the team that was considered the best in the country by 28 points. So we already are starting the season with that. What is the purpose behind this? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of people questioning Clemson because of their schedule? What's the purpose of of people questioning Clemson beating Alabama by 28 points? What's the purpose of telling everybody that Georgia was actually better than Clemson last year? When they didn't even make the playoffs. And they choked against Bama. Something Clemson clearly did not do. Why does Clemson have to answer for the fact that they played a team, Texas A&M, that all offseason, all offseason, all I've heard is Texas A&M can beat Clemson. Clemson should be on upset alert. Many people in the national media predicted an upset. Clemson's losing their defensive line. Texas A&M played them close last year. Never mind the fact that Clemson won on the road. They didn't have Justin Ross. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence for the majority of the game. Never mind that. Forget all that. Travis Etienne had like seven carries in the game. Who cares? Texas A&M could have won that game. So they should upset Clemson. So Clemson beats them and beats the brakes off of them. It was 24-3 that would included a underthrown Pass by Trevor Lawrence. It should have been a touchdown that was picked off. And a drop touchdown by Frank Latson. It should have been 38-3 to with a few seconds left in the game. It's 24-3. They score a touchdown on the last play of the game. Less than 300 yards. And now all of a sudden, because they lost another game... But Clemson hasn't done anything, hasn't accomplished anything. You said all offseason that this was a big game. 
the same media that says Clemson hasn't done anything because they beat Texas A&M told us that Texas A&M was a great team. You can't have it both ways. ESPN, Paul Feinbaum, Joel Klatt. What is the purpose behind this? This didn't happen to Florida State in the 90s. They weren't attacked because of their schedule. You could argue that Florida State in the 90s is just like Clemson now. Why did they not get attacked but Clemson did? What is the purpose behind this? There's a few things. Okay. Number one, Clemson is an SEC school in the ACC. And I think the SEC schools and the SEC conference knows that, that that the Southeastern Conference knows that Clemson is a threat to them, whether they want to admit that or not. They hate to admit that. They hate that. Just look at what Clemson's done against them. Four in a row against Auburn. Five in a row against South Carolina. They beat Alabama last time they played them. Beat LSU the last time they played them. Two in a row against AM. One in a row against Kentucky. The only SEC team that has a um the last time they played got a win was Georgia and Georgia uh, Dabo Sweeney's one and one against Georgia. Clemson won a game, Georgia won the next game. Clemson is a threat to their dominance, and they know that. Clemson is now – remember, when Clemson started winning or playing for these national titles, they were doing it largely with three-star players starting. You look at that 2015 defense, the majority of players that started with three stars. Look at the 2015 offense, the majority of players on the offense were three stars. You played for a title and won a title with three-star players. Well, now Clemson is going to have the best recruiting class in the nation in 2020, and they've already got five commitments in 2021 from two four-star and two five-star players, including a five-star offensive lineman and a four-star offensive lineman. Their recruiting classes are starting to be just like Alabama's. That has to be scary because they haven't been ranked higher than 6th or 7th under Dabo Sweeney. And they've been winning titles and playing for titles. It scares them that Clemson is now getting even better recruits and more talented players. Clemson is starting to out-recruit themselves. Why do you think Tavian Feaster left? Why do you think Kelly Bryant left? They didn't leave because they wanted to. They left because they had to. The players around them were better. So that's the first thing. So SEC is going to do whatever they can whatever they can to minimize Clemson's accomplishments. What about the national media, though? Why, why are they in all of this? I got a theory for why. Why would Joe Klatt just come out and rip Clemson apart for no reason? I think I know why. Back in the 
at the end of the Civil War when football started. It was just in the north. Schools like Rutgers and Yale and Harvard and Princeton. And then Michigan started playing football. And then Southern Cal. When football started in the South, there really weren't any great Southern teams until the 1920s. The first accepted national champion, I think, was in 1919, Georgia Tech, under John Heisman. The second was 1924 under Alabama. And I mean accepted by a lot of people, accepted by people all over the country that these were the best teams. Football was dominated in the North, in the Midwest, and in the West. And then the NCAA controlled all the TV contracts. So whoever was on TV, the NCAA was the one that decided that. And who were the teams that were on TV every week? At the time, it was Army and Navy, Notre Dame, Michigan, Southern Cal, Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State. Those were the schools that were the blue bloods of college football. Those were the schools that all the recruits went to because they were on TV every week. Clemson wasn't on TV. We didn't know how good they were. They were never on TV. Schools like Clemson, for a hundred years, took a back seat in college football to the schools in the Midwest. And then schools like Clemson and Georgia, even schools like Tennessee, which did have some tradition, once they got a piece of the pie and started getting on TV each week, that opened up the recruiting to all of those schools. And slowly but surely, the Blue Bloods have began not completely, but they have began to fall. Alabama is probably the only true blue blood in the South. And I and I don't think they consider Florida State Miami a blue blood. They hated them too. Clemson is not supposed to be here. That's what they're upset about. A Big Ten school has not been in the playoffs for two straight years. Now, keep in mind, Big Ten schools are losing games in their conference by 30 points and then winning their conference. Ohio State lost to Iowa last year by 29 points. Whose fault was that? I believe that Big Ten and Pac-12 people like Joe Glad don't want Clemson to be number one. They don't want Clemson to be in the playoffs because they don't want Clemson to be one of those programs. It's an entitlement that they have. I watched a, a, a show on YouTube, a YouTube channel. I was just interested. Um, some Michigan guys were talking about football history. They talked about Michigan. All they talked about was stuff in the 1920s and 30s. Then they talked about how great they've been. Since 1997, they've only won one title since 1997. Ohio State has owned them. Ohio State's won two national titles since then. Ohio State consistently beats them year after year after year. 
They were trying to justify why Michigan is still a national power. If you took Clemson and gave them the same record from 1998 to 2019 as Michigan has had, nobody will be discussing Clemson as a national power over the last 20 years. Nobody. This is an entitlement that these schools think that they have. And they're watching slowly that entitlement die. And they're watching slowly their dominance over the media, over all the money. I mean, the SEC now makes more money than the Big Ten. But even the SEC, they're starting to see schools like Clemson. How can a school like Clemson with about maybe between 25 and 30,000 students in the ACC compete and win national championships. The fact of the matter is, is that Clemson can build a football facility because they have money too. Even look at schools like Duke. Duke just did like a $50 million renovation to their football stuff. So even the smaller schools now have a play in all of this. They have... A, a, a chance now. Dabo Sweeney said that if we can do this, anybody can do this. And he was right. They don't want that to happen. They don't want Clemson to be a part of that. Clemson shouldn't be a part of that. Why should Clemson ever be a part of that? Third reason why all this stuff is happening. Let's put this bluntly. They don't want to face Clemson. I've watched teams all over college football this year. Clemson will boat race most teams ranked in the top 10. There are people that want an 18 playoff. Florida has been ranked number eight for most of the year. You know what Clemson would do if they played Florida? Are you kidding me? That's that's what you want? I've watched these teams play. Clemson beat Notre Dame 30-3 in the playoffs. A better Notre Dame team. Georgia beat Notre Dame 23-17, and now it's a landmark and significant victory. LSU beat Texas 45 to 38. Texas had over 400 yards passing against LSU. LSU gave up 38 points to Vanderbilt. You think Clemson's defense will be that bad? I'm telling you right now, Clemson will beat LSU. They beat the brakes off of them. People want Clemson to be out of the playoffs because they know what's going to happen if Clemson is in the playoffs. There's one team in college football that can beat Clemson, and that's Alabama. Nobody else can. Clemson will boat race anybody. Fourth reason. I really do believe that they don't want the ACC to get any credit. 
if Miami or Florida State had the same record as Wake Forest right now, do you think they would be fighting to get in the top 25 if they played the exact same schedule? Schools like Wake Forest replace schools like Florida State. So instead of looking at it as this team is really good, if it doesn't involve Florida State or Miami, they don't want to give this league any credit. They don't like Florida State or Miami, but but they respect them because of the national championships. They have no respect for teams like Boston College and teams like Wake Forest and NC State, Virginia. But my thing is, who cares what their name is? What are they doing on the field? Very few teams in the top eight or nine of the ACC have less, have more than one loss right now. Missouri loses to Wyoming. People don't say a thing about the SEC. San Jose State beats Arkansas. They don't say a thing. But Kansas beats Boston College, and it's a big deal. Appalachian State beats North Carolina. It's a big deal. What are you going to say when Appalachian State beats South Carolina later this year? Is that a big deal? Big losses get thrown underneath the rug in the SEC. Big losses become a joke when it happens to somebody in the ACC. It's hypocrisy, and it's not giving credit where credit's due. I'm tired of this, man. What what, what is Clemson supposed to do? Clemson scheduled Texas A&M. You, the national media, said that Texas A&M will beat Clemson. A lot of you did. Clemson boat raced them. Didn't even play well and won... They were up by 21 points with three seconds left. It's Clemson's fault that they're not good, so Clemson's being held accountable because two SEC teams are going to bring down their strength of schedule. That's Clemson's fault? When did it become a team's fault how another team is playing? Clemson has played four games this year. I have yet to see a team on the field on Saturday that I look at and say, that team's going to beat Clemson if they play in the playoffs. There's one team that I think can, and that's the team that will play Clemson in the final game, and that's Alabama. After watching the Notre Dame game, I have no confidence in Georgia being that team. LSU's given up 30 to 40 points like there's no tomorrow. They they finally get offense, but boy, <laughs> they forgot how to play defense. Oklahoma's overrated. Oklahoma's going to lose some games this year, folks. They are not as good. I, I understand the, the love affair with Hurts. Everybody wants him to win. They're always trying to give him the Heisman. thing is, 
that's that's the type of stuff that'll get a team like that into the playoffs, and then they'll run into a team like Clemson. It's already happened. Clemson was the underdog against them in 2015. In fact, Clemson has only been favored in one playoff game. One. They're five and two in the playoffs. And they've only been favored in one game. Five and two. And only favored in one game. That's because Clemson is not a blue blood. They don't want Clemson. That they, they can't fathom the idea that a school like Clemson will be there for another season and could win another national championship. It's unfathomable to those who think they're entitled to it. One of the things I love about Dabo Sweeney is that the next game is the biggest game. He doesn't, he's not looking at the national title right now. He's looking at North Carolina. He wants to know how his team and how his players will respond to this challenge and how they will get better as players. That's not an entitlement. That's a work ethic that's better than most people's. And that's why they're winning championships. It's been a long offseason. It's already been a long start to the season dealing with this crap, and I'm tired of it. These polls that are coming out saying, well, we base our top 10 on what people have already done. And then I look at who they have and what they've done. What has Auburn done to be ranked in the top four in some of these polls that these people are coming up with, especially on the SEC network? Will they be texting in? Well, why is that being held against Clemson then? Why does Auburn get credit for beating Texas A&M, but Clemson has it held against them that they beat Texas A&M? That does not make any sense. If something's wrong with Clemson beating A&M, why isn't something wrong with Auburn beating A&M? Because at the end of the day, it's about jealousy. It's about hypocrisy. And it's about entitlement. And you have all of those right now. When it comes to Clemson's football, when it comes to Clemson's football success. My favorite statement this week during the um, post-Charlotte interviews was Trevor Lawrence saying he doesn't care about winning the Heisman. He's more concerned about um, winning another championship. I remember Tom Brady um, a couple years ago was talking about a player on their team. I can't remember who it was, but one of their linebackers was in tears at New England because he didn't make the Pro Bowl. And Tom Brady was like, what in the hell are you crying for? You think I play for the Pro Bowl? I play for the Super Bowl. That's what we play for. I don't care about the Pro Bowl. That's the difference between Clemson and these other teams. Clemson will probably not have a Heisman under the Davos Lee. Did you see the players on Clemson's team against Charlotte? Imagine if Clemson kept Trevor Lawrence in for three quarters. They would have had 70 points going into the fourth quarter. They took him out in the middle of the second quarter 
and he was jumping up and down for his teammates. He wasn't frustrated. He wasn't mad. Travis Etienne was jumping up and down for his teammates when they scored. He wasn't mad. He wasn't upset. Travis Etienne doesn't care about the Heisman, I don't think. Every time you see him pulled out of a game, he could be upset and frustrated because he's not getting the cares. Instead, he's jumping up and down on the sideline, going crazy for his teammates. That is a culture of we as opposed to a culture of me. Some of these teams that have players that they're depending on to win the Heisman, they don't end up being that good. Look at Louisville. Look at Lamar Jackson. When you solely depend on the guy that's going up for the Heisman, if they're off, your team's going to fail. You got Clemson players right now that could be running up scores, running up touchdowns. You got Clemson players that could be looking out to win trophies and win awards, but instead they're looking out instead to win rings, which is what football players play for, professional athletes, college athletes, high school players. You play for the championship ring. That ring symbolizes the journey you've been on, and it symbolizes something that you will cherish for the rest of your life. That's why the ring's important. For those Clemson players to put winning a championship above winning a trophy, that's all you got to know about the type of players Clemson's recruiting. Look at Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce could have gone and already transferred out. Chase Bryce is probably the second best quarterback in the ACC, and I say that with all due respect to Perkins, with all due respect to the freshmen we're facing this weekend in North Carolina. The Wake Forest quarterback, all of them are great quarterbacks. But Chase Bryce, I think if he played anywhere besides Clemson, he would be a legitimate threat to be a starting quarterback. I think he would start ahead of those guys if he was playing with them. He's that good. But yet you see him on the sideline smiling, jumping up and down, having a good time. Think about how miserable most kids are when they're on the bench in the third year of college playing football. And compare that to what you see for guys at Clemson. Cornell Powell came back. TJ Chase came back. DeAndre Overton came back. These are guys that could start at other places but said, I would rather be at Clemson and be a part of this culture at least through three years and get my degree and get a national championship and cherish these moments for the rest of my life. This is not happening in a lot of other places, and it's because it's about the we culture instead of the me culture. Championships are more important way more important to the Clemson players than winning a Heisman Trophy. Clemson fans, we should be proud of this, man. Like, it, We are so lucky right now to have this culture at Clemson. This culture does not go. Just look at what's going on with our friends in Columbia. Look at what they're going through. We are so lucky at Clemson. Cherish this 
time period, cherish these moments. It's not going to last forever. Look at all these other schools. Even Alabama had their downtime. Our downtime will come one day. So you got to cherish this time that we're living in right now. Cherish it, love it, and don't take it for granted. All right, let's start off our predictions for the week um, on Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday is actually some good uh, football games. Navy and Memphis are going to meet on Thursday. So Navy and Memphis are both undefeated. This is a very big game for the um, American Conference and for Memphis, who wants to get into the um, group or wants to get into a big six bowl game this year. Memphis favored by 10.5 points. I, I think that's right, especially at home. Memphis should be able to beat Navy. I, I just look, I, I still think that Navy um, is going to come back to earth a little bit in this game. So I've got Memphis winning this game, saying 34 to 20, Memphis over Navy. Friday actually has four pretty decent games for you to watch um, on Friday. Um, first, let's start off in the ACC Duke and Virginia Tech. Back in the day, this would be an easy prediction. Like, you're going to predict Virginia Tech no matter what. But Duke football under David Cutcliffe is actually competitive now with those schools. And Virginia Tech is only favored by three at home. I believe that um, Fuente is on his last leg. In my upset pick of the week, I am predicting Duke to upset Virginia Tech on Friday night. That is my upset pick of the week is Duke over Virginia Tech. Also, Friday night, Penn State at Maryland. Maryland came down to earth a couple weeks ago as well when they lost to Temple. And I think that that's just the beginning of the typical slide we see from them year after year. I'm looking at a five to six win football team at most from Maryland. Penn State looks a lot better than I thought they would be. So I'm going to take Penn State over Maryland. That's an 8 p.m. kick on uh, Fox Sports 1. San Jose State, fresh off of victory over um, Arkansas taking on Air Force. Um, Air Force had a very good game in Colorado that that they um, won as well. So Air Force beat Colorado, San Jose State beat Arkansas. So you have two teams that beat teams in the SEC and in the Pac-12. Um, Air Force is a big favorite in this game by 20 points. I think San Jose State's better than what the line says. I think Air Force is going to win, but I'm looking at like a 10-point game. I'm looking at 38-28. I'm giving Air Force the victory um, in that football game. Then the last game of the day is going to be 10-30 West Coast game, California and Arizona State out in Berkeley. Now, Arizona State's 3-1. Just had a tough loss, and now they're taking on Cal Berkeley. And Cal Berkeley's four and O, folks, and they look legit. Um, favored by four and a half points, and I'm going to go with Cal Berkeley in this one. By you, you, you can take the points, but you're you're not going to need them because Cal Berkeley's going to win this game. Um, going away, I got Cal Berkeley. I got California winning this game, forty-five to twenty-four over Arizona State. So, those are my five picks as we head into Saturday. Some of the games of note on Saturday uh, got Oklahoma big over Texas Tech. Texas Tech is who they've always been since they've you know unceremoniously got rid of Mike Leach. I think Wisconsin is going to win big over Northwestern. Wisconsin has a legit shot of being a playoff contender this year, so 
I'm going to take Wisconsin over Northwestern. Texas A&M at Arkansas. Now, this may be one of – this is probably the biggest game of um, Coach Morris's career at Arkansas. I just think Texas A&M is a little bit too much talented. I got Texas A&M winning that game 31-24. to They're favored by over 20 points at, at – this game is being played, I think, in Dallas. They're favored by 23 points. I don't think they're going to win by that much. I think it's going to be a close game, but – they're still going to get that victory, and I think Coach Morris might be out of there after this year. Some of the other games of note, um, Ole Miss taking on Alabama. Alabama's going to roll. The title going to roll in that game. I'm looking at about 48-17 victory. I got another upset, folks, that I'm going to call for Saturday. I'm calling the upset right now. This is my second upset. It's not the upset of the week, but it's my second upset. I'm taking Virginia over Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Virginia is going to move into the top 12 and start beating the discussion for the playoff. And Notre Dame will be 100% out of the discussion for the playoff. So I've got Virginia in a huge upset over Notre Dame. And then Washington over USC. Washington is going to beat Southern Cal. Um, I think this is Southern. I think this is um, Helton's last year at Southern Cal. I think they're going to make a strong push for Urban Meyer. And I think it starts Saturday. I think they get brought down to earth after those two big wins. Washington is going to beat them 31 to 24. I like Temple over Georgia Tech. Um, Temple is the team that beat Maryland, and Georgia Tech, honestly, is not that good. I mean, Temple's favored at home by nine. I think Temple will win that game about 10 points, 31-21. Wake Forest at Boston College. Wake Forest is a better team, but Boston College, Boston College, other than that one game against, um, that one game against Kansas, which was, I think, a, a Friday night fluke. It was on Friday the 13th, and we know what happens those nights. Clemson had a Friday the 13th game against Syracuse. So we know, we know what happens. And I, I just think the game's going to be closer than the, the spread. Spread is Wake Forest by seven. I think we're going to be looking at a three-point game. I'm looking at Wake winning the game 27-24. Um, a lot of close games for Wake Forest this year against um, a Div- Division One A team. So Wake's had a pretty decent schedule this year. Utah State's a very good program out west. They were in the top 25 last year. Wake Forest beat them by three. Wake Forest had a good game against a decent North Carolina team, but they held on. Even though they were winning that game by 20-plus points most of the game, they held on at the end um, to win. So I think Wake Forest is going to win that game by three points. And they're in the coaches' poll. I think they'll be in the AP poll next week as well. Baylor and Iowa State. I got Iowa State winning this game. I know Iowa State's on the road, and Iowa State's going off. A couple weeks ago, a tough loss against Iowa. They seem to um, they seem to ride their ship last week, putting up seventy two points though. So I think they're going to beat Baylor. I look at that game as a thirty five thirty one score. Auburn Mississippi State. It's at Auburn. Um, I think Mississippi State is an overrated football team. And I think Auburn's going to win that game by 17 points. I got Auburn winning that game 34 to 17. 
Oklahoma State and Kansas State is going to be a big game in the Big 12. Uh, I got Oklahoma State winning that game in a shootout. I think the game's going to be 45-38 OK State. Oklahoma State's 3-1, and one, and they almost beat Texas. And I just looked at that game, and I just think, man, they I think Oklahoma State is good enough to get into the Big 12 race. They got past that game. The Oklahoma game's going to be a big game, but I don't think anybody in the Big 12 is going to be undefeated. So I think by the end of the year, they could be playing Oklahoma for a shot at the Big 12 um, title game. Ohio State, Nebraska, as much as I wish Nebraska would win this game, because I love their coach, Scott Frost, and I love the Nebraska fan base. We, we played them in the Gator Bowl. Um, Dabo's winning his first game as the official head coach. It was on um, January 1st, night, uh, 2009. January 1st, 2009. I'll never forget it. Went down there with my friend Jordan. and My friends Jordan and Bethany went to that game. And I never forget the Nebraska fans, how nice they were, how cool they were. Probably them and Texas A&M are the best fan bases that I've ever had to deal with. And so I wish they would win, but Ohio State's just got too much for them. I think Ohio State's going to win this game. But I think it's going to be closer than the spread. spread is um, Ohio State by 17 and a half. I think the game is going to be won by Ohio State by just seven points. I'm looking at the score to be 34 to 27. NC State, Florida State, and Tallahassee. I don't know why Florida State's favored to win this game. I think Florida State's favored by six and a half. You can take the points, but you're not going to need them because NC State is going to beat Florida State. And NC State is going to beat Florida State. About two touchdowns. I've got NC State winning this game 31 17. I have not seen anything with Florida State that leads me to believe that they're better than NC State. They still have significant offensive line issues. I mean, there's still there's so much pressure on the quarterback. So much pressure on the quarterback every game. I just see nothing from them that makes me think that they're going to beat NC State. So I've got NC State. What about South Carolina, Kentucky? South Carolina's favored by three points. I don't know what they're thinking. They, they just lost a key contributor to their defense. Holinsky does not look like he's 100%. Kentucky's had two tough losses where they played really well and been close to winning, and they won five in a row against South Carolina. So I think Kentucky's going to win that game. I got Kentucky winning that game 27-20. to 20. And the final non-Clemson game um, is the Utah and Washington State game. The games in Utah, Washington State, man, they they, they would have been four and if they would have hung on to that big lead against UCLA. Um, that that's the type of thing where you could let that loss cause you another loss, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to still be dragging because of that. It's going to take them this game to get over that. I think Utah's going to win the game. I'm predicting Utah to win this game 38-24. So I've got Utah winning that game as well. Final game we're going to predict this Clemson-North Carolina game. I feel like Clemson, under Dabo Sweeney right now, they just very seldom, unless everything just comes together, totally annihilate people. Saturday is one of those games where I think they can totally annihilate them. I think North Carolina's North Carolina's a good team. They're better than people thought, but they've had two really tough losses in a row. And usually teams that go through that and they're playing the, the, the number one team in the country, 
Like that is hard to get that momentum back. And they've lost all that momentum. Now, do I think that Clemson's going to run up the score? No. But I, th- I, I can see Clemson winning this game 45 to 13, 52 to 13, somewhere around there. I'm th- I'm, my official prediction is 45 to 13. Clemson wins. I don't think they're going to give up one more touchdown. I think in North Carolina right now, they look at their season, they say we should be 4 0. But the thing is, you're not. You're, you're two and two, and you, that all that momentum just lost two straight heartbreaking losses. The way they lost, you know, they're really hurt, and that is not the time you want to play the number one team in the country. Clemson has too much talent, offense, defense. Clemson has a better coaching staff. They have more. I mean, they they have, their second team would be substantially better than North Carolina's first team. I'm looking at halftime at maybe a 24 to 10 lead, somewhere around there. 24 to 7. Second half, I think Clemson is going to finish off the game probably by the end of the third quarter. And you're going to see a lot of backups playing in the fourth quarter. So that's what we got. We got Clemson winning the game 45 to 13. So those are a lot of decent matchups this week in college. You know, normally there's only about eight or 10 games that interest me. But every single one of these games that I called, like, really has something of value. And I'm really excited about Thursday and Friday games. Finally, Thursday and Friday nights are going to be, like, some really good games. Like, this is five decent football games to watch on Thursday and Friday night. So I'm excited about what's coming up in the next couple nights in college football. So that's my pick for the week. Those are my 21 games that I predicted. I was 6-4 and four last time we predicted last week due to work. I couldn't um, do my show, but I will next week tell you how I do in my predictions. So I've, I've, I haven't um, – I made you a promise that I would. I was 6-4 and four. last time. NC State let me down against West Virginia. Boston College let me down against Kansas, Colorado against Air Force, Southern Cal against BYU, and then all the other teams won. I mean, those, all those teams were favored to win. I really took chalk last time for all the games. I went straight chalk because they just looked like 10 games that I felt like it's the favorite team should win, but they all had interest to me for one reason or another. But four of those 10 um, failed to really <laughs> failed to live up to what I expected from them. So um, we're, I'm six and four on my predictions, and we have 21 to go over next week. It's been a good show. Glad to be back on the podcast again. Do plan to be back on again next Wednesday. Once again, just want to apologize to all the people out there listening for not being on last week. I had some major issues at work, and when the when the money train needs you, that's the most important thing. Huh? <laughs> that's that's more important than this. So um, just want to say thank you to everybody listening. Please give me the opportunity. Continue to listen. And please, please let your friends know, especially the Tiger fans, that give us an opportunity in the future. That being said, go Tigers.